Welcome, 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 listeners. You are here. You are with your host. It is Budget Pedal Chap. You know this by now. It's episode number 28. And you're here with, again, It let's just say co-host by this point, because um, he's on as much as I am. <laughs> it's Matt Quine. Good evening. Good evening, Mr. Matt Quine. How are you? I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all things considered... Not too bad. Got a bit of a headache, but you know what? The pod must go on. Aye. Um, so, our usual, usual segment. What have we been up to this week? I've been up to a shitload, so you can start off and I'll just prattle on for a good half an hour. Right, okay, well, it's a good job you've got a lot, because basically this week um, I've learnt about three or four songs on the acoustic, because I've got to do an acoustic set in one of the gigs that we've got coming up at the start of March. Okay. And I kind of, we always go, oh, you know, that's that's ages away, and then you realise that it's like yeah. the first Saturday in March, and actually that's like five weeks away at this point. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> so, yeah, learned a few songs for the acoustic, but other than that, not done much this week. I've got to say, you're, you're braver than I. I've, I've very rarely done anything acoustic. I tend to shy away. Um, it highlights my poor, uh, poor technique sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, on the acoustic, I'm definitely a rhythm player because you know you can just strum some open chords and get big, nice big sounds. Yeah, and then like leave the other people to do all the fiddly bits. Yeah, yeah, defo, defo. <laughs> I think I should get get behind that one. I'm going to grab me an acoustic guitar. I, yeah. I I did actually. Um, I mean, I've I've had a love hate relationship with acoustic guitars. Mainly, I hate them, and there's no love. Um, <laughs> but once upon a time, I um, I found an acoustic guitar that I loved. Um, I went into a guitar shop. Um, the the guitar shop that I mention almost every week. So, so yeah, if, if you're if you're a regular listener, you'll know it's it's a guitar shop that's named twice, and it's local. So yeah, <laughs> they had um, a. It was an Ibanez Exotic Wood series, which in and of themselves are pretty nice anyway. They're like um, just your standard uh, standard thickness uh, acoustic guitar, but they've got like a, a sharp cutout for the upper fret access, which appeals to me because I play electric and don't have any interest in playing acoustic. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Yeah, they had this this uh, acoustic guitar, this exotic wood, but it was nylon string. <sighs> nice. Um, I do like a nylon string. I absolutely love them. I really do. Uh, <laughs> and this one, it played like a modern guitar and sounded like a nylon string acoustic. So it was, it was kind of the the perfect <laughs> marriage of acousticness. Um, however, at the time being young and reckless i thought no i don't need this i'm not going to be playing acoustic anytime soon um <laughs> and because of that poor decision i haven't played acoustic anytime soon so yeah well i i, I got my acoustic for my gcse exam results which means it's 10 years old this year which is kind of scary god damn but um yeah i basically 
I was given, I can't even remember how much it was, but for every A I got, I got a set amount of cash, then a slightly less for a B, slightly less for a C. It all totaled up, and then my dad took me to the local guitar shop, yeah. which has a good range of acoustic guitars. Yeah, yeah. The, which uh, is surprising. The, the, the Moore guitar shop is this one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, I had a good range, and I came out with a CPX 700, I think it is. The, you see Yamaha. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the, the bigger bodies of the, the APX and CPX range. Yeah. I think it's a 700. Um, it's a really nice guitar, and now that I've had it for 10 years, it kind of is starting to really resonate quite well because every time yeah. I've ever been anywhere, it's always lived in the living room. So anytime I want to pick up and play for 10 minutes, it's always been at hand. Yeah, it's uh, it's trusty and dependable. Yeah, I had um, I had an ex who had a an APX, and it can't have been expensive because she she um, she weren't uh, all that um, interested in in the guitar. So it, I I assume it was one of the cheaper range, but it was yeah. it was so beautiful, it was so good. Uh, yet another acoustic guitar which I loved. <laughs> um, yeah, loved and lost. The the girl, forget her. <laughs> the guitar. <laughs> it's always yeah. the way, isn't it? Boy meets girl. Boy also meets girl's guitar. <laughs> Boy misses girl's guitar. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I, I've got I've got fondness for the. Uh, the Yamaha stuff. Um, but hey, ho, we've got a little segment later on actually, where we get to reminisce about some beautiful guitars <laughs> for now. I'll, I will I... rattle through the, um, the, just the complete and, uh, lots of things that I've done this week. Uh, so first of all, um, I'm a man of my word. I did end up troubleshooting the pedal that weren't working. The hairy thumbs up boost. <laughs> Um, and it now works. Good. Of sorts. <laughs> of sorts. Yeah. Um, I, I put it through a cheap, um, a cheap power supply, and it ended up getting a, a, a fifty cycle interference. So there was a little kind of sound. Yeah. Um, I imagine if I put it through something a little bit tastier, something with isolated outputs, it's not going to do that. But I don't know. It it's working. It's making sound. So that's as much as my interest goes, to be honest. So fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, um, I I might I might try and insulate it one day or figure out what's going on. But for now, who cares? Um, it makes the you wanted it to make. Yeah, yeah. It it does everything a little bit louder, so it boosts. Good. Um, in fact, actually, I think it's. It was around the um, the idea of what you were thinking the other boost was going to be, because this one is a like a pure clean boost, right? Um, okay. But it, it warms everything up because it's it's yeah. that kind of circuit. But it's just it's everything's one louder, whereas yours adds a bit of grit as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I quite like the add the the addition of the grit though. No, I'm, I, I'm I do. Slowly falling in love with that pedal. Yeah, it yeah, to just, be honest, when I took it to practice and it made the uh, the uh, the Vox sound good because it was one of those cheap Voxes. Um <laughs> I I was considering buying another kit and doing one for myself as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've played it again with the the Lead 12 and it just kind of gives you 
extra of everything and just kind of it takes you whatever you're using as your I'll say clean tone. I, I never play clean with a Marshall anyway, but it, it gives you that tone and it just kind of adds a bit of everything rather than just a bit of volume. It just adds a little bit more gain as well and just kind of makes you cut through a little bit more and really yeah. start to enjoy it. Yeah, it's that kind of, it's the subtle presence boost, isn't it? That yeah. makes it just beautiful. Yeah, and no, I was really impressed with it. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that it's bringing you pleasure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, along along those lines, I happened upon a a, a little gold mine of um, of PCBs for sale. So my new project, um, I didn't think just I'll just buy one and see how that goes. I thought I'll, I'll get ten. <laughs> um, well, I actually I actually thought in both of those ways. I thought I'll get one and see how that goes. And before the one arrived, I ordered 10, so now I've got 11. <laughs> so, yeah. But hey-ho. So, yeah, it's this one's a one-knob fuzz. Um, and it it sounds pretty cool from the, the demos of the, the guy who was selling the PCBs. I will get some, um, some um, links for the the guy who's who's selling that stuff i did say to the the chap um that i'm gonna promote his stuff because he's he, he was so so cool about it because i messaged him uh the start of the week going oh where's, where's my pcb I've, i ordered it like a week ago um <laughs> and he he was just completely cool uh which ended up in me buying 10 more <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah i've i've been um I've been racking his brains about um, the component list as well, um, which got me component shopping. Hey. Um, which I was talking to you just before we started the cast. Uh, there's a little bit of a problem with component shopping um, <laughs> because they give you these handy little um, pictures on on the uh, on the websites, and that's all good and well, but the pictures all look the bloody same. A resistor looks like a resistor, no matter what you do to it, it, it looks exactly the same. Um, however, I've ordered from this place before, uh, <laughs> and some resistors came in a normal PCB-friendly size, which is kind of maybe like a couple of mil uh, yeah. in length, the, the, the body of the, the resistor. However, well, you used to the electronics class yeah, when yeah, you yeah. were doing electronics at school. Yeah, think back to like... <laughs> GCSE resistant materials or GCSE electronics <laughs> if you did it I, those kind of resistors those tiny little ones yeah the, yeah a handful of those arrived beautiful however some of them some of the values that I ordered were fucking massive <laughs> they were at least an inch uh, an inch big so yeah I am showing my inexperience in ordering components uh, so I'm going to have to be very careful to make sure that the next lot that I order are um, suitable sizes because the PCB is very, um, it's very tight on space. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I don't don't order <laughs> ridiculously large resistors. Um, but yeah, it's looking cool, and it looks like I should be able to knock a couple of these pedals out for a decent price as well. 
because I've got Good. a couple of guys who are interested in them. Matt, you being one of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, the demo sounds cracking, to be honest with you. So I'm definitely interested in, in getting another one of your pedals. I'm, I'm going to have zero zero one of every single one of your pedals by the end of it. Yeah, you will. And, and then Matt, 25 years down the line when you're the next Brian Wampler, I'll sell them all for a million pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll make it exact replicas out of my uh, huge factory by that point. And you can just have, yeah, you, you can have like <laughs> one million and one by that point. Um, but yeah, we were talking about how I've um, kind of accidentally stumbled into being a, a pedal manufacturer or a pedal business. It's cool. I know. It's 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 almost like like a bumbling idiot on, on a kind of comedy show where I'm just tripping and falling, but landing, yeah, like coming up smelling of roses <laughs> um, so yeah I've uh, I, I, I don't do these stupid things for for the giggles or for the podcast I do it just because I am genuinely a bit stupid <laughs> um, but yeah I accidentally ordered 10 PCBs and I've, I've pretty much got pre-orders on about 5 of them so it should, it should work out pretty well It'll be good. It'll be good. You'll enjoy it. Well, kind of. <laughs> you haven't troubleshooted a pedal yet, have you, Matt? <laughs> no, I haven't. Troubleshooting a pedal is um, somewhat soul-destroying. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm either going to come out of it like completely resilient and just like the, the coolest pedal guy just like yeah nothing phases me or it will break me <laughs> so we'll see this is my trial by fire this one um so yeah ped the the trials and tribulations of a, of a, a pedal manufacturer who doesn't really know what he's doing <laughs> um so yeah we'll uh keep tabs on how that happens um but i've i've done other things this week as well not only just buy stupid things and kind of research what I need to do to build the pedals. Um, I uh, I put an advert out on on Tinterwebs because um, my practice room stopped supplying um, the 4x12 cab that they used to supply, which then rendered my um, guitar heads useless. Uh, I went to my last two practices with two guitar heads and had to use the crappy amps that were there <laughs> so i I, uh, I put a little um a little feeler out if anyone would uh, be willing to swap um one of my one of my beautiful heads for uh just a small kind of valve combo and a couple of guys came forward actually um there was a guy with a blues junior who came forward um which i was <laughs> very tempted to do actually um, no, no, no. <laughs> I know, I know. Just no, just it's it's just not a good not not the amp that everyone says it is. No, um, my my thought process behind it was, um, I would get the amp and switch out the speaker because I know that they actually do sound good with a with a different speaker in. 
Um, but then another guy came to me with a, a PV Classic 30. Yes. Um, which required no, uh, no um, switching of speakers or no work. I'd heard very good things about the Classic 30, so I thought, I'll give it a go. And the guy was local, so I went went to him. We both tried the amps. We both logged each other's amps, so we traded. And I am now the proud owner of a PV Classic 30. They are one of my favourite, favourite combos that's out there. Um, I, I think I might have mentioned on the podcast before, but I'm not sure the other guitarist in the band has one as his backup amp. Oh, yeah. And on occasion, when either my AC15 needed revalving or when I forgot to put my AC15 in a car because I'm an idiot, um, <laughs> and we were gigging in the same town that he was in, um, I've used it. I think I've used it three times, and it's just an absolutely fantastic. It's great as a pedal platform. Yeah. It's one of the few two channel sort of small valve combos that I like the drive channel on as well. Yeah. Um, the the drive channel on it, it's just so sweet sound. It's just perfect. I love them. You are selling me on this. Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't had much chance aside from plugging it in, in some guy's garage um, to try it, but it sounded very Fender voiced and it sounded... Uh, it sounded like it would be an ideal pedal platform, which is essentially what I use it for. Because, yeah. as you know, as long as it can put a mojo mojo in front of it, <laughs> it's got my phone. Um, but yeah, it's one of the uh, one of the old ones with the um, the kind of jagged PV logo rather than the the ones that they've got these days because it's got like a little oval with the PV logo in. Um, yeah. So I believe it's American made. I believe it's quite a good quality one. Uh, so, yeah, can't wait to use that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been told really good things about them. Um, so yeah, PV Classic Thirty. Whoop whoop. Um, however, rather than prattling on about what we've been doing all this week um, and my, generally my stupid bloody decisions. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, this week is kind of the preamble to um, the Winter Nam show in America, somewhere in America. LA or California somewhere? Sure, why not? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to fact check you. It could be in Wisconsin for all California. I know. Definitely, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, our... Uh, uh, our NAM specialist Matt has has confirmed that it's in <laughs> LA. Sure. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a little bit of, a little bit of a talk about some of the um, some of the things that we've seen as like a, a pre pre NAM um, show. We're going to start off with something that I really don't care about, but I'm going to pretend that I do, and then we're going to work up to to things that we have bigger and better opinions on okay so we're going to start off with prs um everyone's favorite well, i don't think i don't think i can even finish that sentence no uh, they are they're good quality guitars um but uh, as our friend josh was mentioning last week they they are not what you would deem exciting guitars um 
So PRS have had the S2 out for a while, um, but they are releasing something called the S2 Studio. Now, when you think of um, the word studio, I think of the word uh, I think of the Gibson uh, Les Paul Studios and the and the other the other types of studio that they do, which basically means stripped back version of. Yeah. Um, in this case, I don't think that is uh, that's what's happening. I think it's actually the the one up from the uh, the standard. Um, this is a, a HSS setup, which basically leads to like ultimate versatility. It's got a five-way selector, um, but the five-way selector does not do what you'd think it would. Um, so you think of a strat style selector, you, you have bridge, bridge, middle, 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 neck, neck. So it does, it does four out of those five things. Uh, but when you are in the middle position, you don't get the middle pickup. You get the uh, bridge pickup and the neck pickup. So you get kind of, I don't know if we're allowed to say it because it's a PR, but you get country style tones. I think they, they refer like to it as. T-shaped guitar, would that be? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I think that's as close to the sun as we want to fly with this uh, this analogy. Um, but the, the guitar also has got a, um, a coil split. It's a split, not a tap. I, I always get those two mixed up. It's a split because it's a humbucker. It goes down to a single. So you then also can get um, like the versatility. You can get that real T-style tone. Or you can get a humbucker mixed with a single coil. Um, it, it seems pretty cool. Um, the the demo video that they uh, they were showing has got a an off white. I would like to say Olympic white, but I don't like due to <laughs> due to copyright again. I don't think we're allowed. Um, so no, PRS call it antique white. Oh, do they? Yeah. There you go. Antique white. So, Olympic antique white. Uh, and, and what colour is the guard? The guard is the right guard, isn't it? It's the only <laughs> guard that... It's it's the gentleman's guard. It is a taut guard. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, it looks quite cool, I think. Yeah, from that, it, it's got my vote, because I had an uh, Olympic white strap that I put a... Um, talk guard onto and it looked the absolute business um so i I, i've got a little bit of nostalgic love for that that color scheme um and it looks like a pretty cool instrument but how much can i get excited about it can i drum up enough enough enthusiasm where i'd go well i'd buy that probably not I, yeah. Certainly, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but if you're a PRS fan, definitely worth checking out. Um, and if you're after something that's versatile as balls, then yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, how many other HSS PRSs have you ever heard of? Because I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen any HSS config PRSs. Yeah, I don't think it's anything that they've. If, if then, if they've done it before, it must have been in uh, limited runs. Yeah, oh, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't keep as up to date with PRS as I probably should. However, 
Yeah. Who knows? Um, so, 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 so. Um, what have we got next on our um, on our list? We've got the big F, the giant big F. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've got a, they've got a couple of uh, new things. Matt, you've got um, an, an exciting new range of guitars that I think uh, we should mention first. Yeah, so this is kind of the series that I've got the most sort of interest in and they've called it what they called it um the parallel universe series yeah so they've basically taken the idea that was the telemaster last year that they didn't call a telemaster they called it the offset yeah telly, the offset telly yeah where it was a jazz master body but the everything else was a telecaster and they have added a load of other um different bits to it so um they've said instead of doing a Telecaster, Jazzmaster body with everything else from a Telecaster. We'll take all the bits that we didn't do, and um, we will change it so that it says um, so that you've got a Telecaster shaped body with a Jazzmaster bridge, Jazzmaster pickups, and a Jazzmaster neck. Yeah, um, which you know looks pretty cool, but who wants a Jazzmaster trem system on a Telecaster? Yeah, I think um, Chris. Um, Chris says he was liking the look of it and um, brought up quite a valid point that the cheaper versions of the the Jazzmaster uh, trim system are quite rightly just wank. Um, <laughs> however, yeah. if they're because they're quite a premium price point, aren't they? These um, parallel yeah, six nine nine, I think. And that's not too bad actually, um, but. If they're if they're kind of up there price wise, then the bridge might be uh might be slightly, uh slightly more uprated. Yeah, and maybe we'll find that out. Yeah. Um, that'd be a, a nice thing. So the next one in that range was the Stratocaster that's got Jaguar scratch plate and trem system and pickups. Yeah. Um, which I think it looks cool. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'd ever go for a Strata Jaguar or whatever they're going to call it, but um, I think it looks fairly cool. And I like the the metal parts of the scratch plate that they've got on the the Jaguar and all those different tone circuits. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how one of those sounds. But um, yeah, I think they look pretty cool. Yeah, our um, our good friend Mister Guitar Geek, aka Andrew Ferris, aka the man from Austria. Uh, he did a video uh, about this earlier on in the week, uh, and he likened this one to, I think it was the Burns London. Um, and from yeah. there, there on, I just haven't been able to see anything else. Um, it is, it's, it's the Fender Burns, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think in terms, because I don't think they make those anymore. And if they do, they're uh, far eastern rather than the. Um, I think they were originally British made, weren't they, Burns? Yeah, I think back in the day. Um, so yeah, it might be a slightly more, um, slightly more playable, slightly more reliable version of what you can get styled like that these days. Um, but it's again very niche, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very niche. Um, the next one is 
possibly it's my second favorite of the range um and it's basically a telecaster les paul oh yes um, and they from what i've seen photos wise they've got a flame maple top one and a plain top one as well oh right so it's like a studio and a, a standard kind of feel to them yeah um and you know it's got the um tunematic bridge um two humbuckers um, I think they're the wide range humbuckers though, which Yeah. This I, is... having, I own a deluxe telly in which the humbucker yeah. the wide range humbuckers sound okay, but the modern ones are not a patch on the on the original wide rangers. Yeah. And I think that might hold those guitars back. Yeah. For um, me for me that is the it's the deal breaker on this one. Yeah, I mean a a telecaster Les Paul cross sounds absolutely phenomenal. Until you say wide range humbucker, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean it's it's even Les Paul down to the fact that it's got individual volume and tone, um, and I, I believe the three way selector is quite Gibson esque as well. I'm just working from memory here, but I yeah. uh, on first inspection I looked at it and thought that they're they're <laughs> um, they're playing a dangerous game with that one in terms of like poking the big G. Um, well. But I was I was down with it. I thought it looked pretty pretty swanky. Yeah, I mean the the HH the looks that I've got is um, individual volume and tone for both, and the their pickup selector is in the same place as on a Les Paul. So they've done it in the past. Yeah, uh, but, but not, not not, yeah. not quite telly as... style body, not with a tunematic bridge and a flame maple top. Yeah, and <laughs> it's even down to the, like, the styling of the knobs as well, aren't they? They're kind of um, top hat style oh, yeah. knobs and. Yeah, it's it's all very much styled over the um, the fabled Les Paul, um, and like I say, when I first saw it, I thought, "Oh, that's a that's a bit nice." But then again, the the wide range humbuckers are the thing that breaks it for me because they're a, they're a thinner sound, aren't they? Yeah, uh, and I would like something ridiculously thick and creamy sounding coming out of that um but yeah i mean parallel universe pretty cool and it, i suppose having the wide range humbuckers in it kind of snaps it back to fender rather than um yeah putting it in with the as a contender to the big g yeah so there's two more guitars in it i thought there was one more but there is two more guitars in this range you've got yeah. the telecaster with a stratocaster neck and a strat pick guard and strap pickups yeah with a tread system um so it's a basically a telecaster body that's a stratcaster yeah which to me um, i really don't care but obviously you've got one that's <laughs> yeah. already like that haven't you yeah i have got the uh the fletch strato tele which this pretty much it pretty much rips directly um yeah yeah it, it works it's a it's a lovely guitar the the novelty sold it for me. Um, the fact that it plays and sounds absolutely gorgeous, also. Um, but yeah, he did it like two years ago. So Fender, get with the program. A <laughs> Fender going to be paying him royalties? <laughs> uh, I think he's quite lucky that um, that he's not having to do any pain out at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. And then the final guitar in this range is my absolute favourite. And basically what they've done is they've looked at 
the two greatest guitars in the world, which are the Telecaster Cabernita and Gretsch. And they said, how can we amalgamate a, a Gretsch, whatever the orange white falcon is called, that I can't remember the name of, they've, they've got a name for it. <laughs> Yeah. But it's basically a white falcon, but in orange. How can we combine that with a, te- a Cabernet Tele? I know what we'll do. We'll get an orange Telecaster thin line body. We'll stick a sparkly silver pick guard on it. Put two filtertrons on it, and then do a rosewood board with block inlays and a Fender Telecaster headstock. And it's just the sexiest guitar in the world. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. It's a thin look. It's. Uh, I mean, I might have to sell a kidney, but I'm going to have to buy one of these because it, it's just gorgeous. It sounds like they took all of your brain dreams and just put them put them all in one place, didn't they? They they did. They've been like they've, they've obviously you know Google listened to everything you do, but obviously Fender are in my head. <laughs> and it yeah. scares me a little bit, but I don't care because they've made the greatest guitar in history. Well, there you go. So, I mean. <laughs> you heard it here first it is the greatest guitar <laughs> oh how disappointed would you be if you played it and it played like absolute shit oh fuck it. I don't no no please <laughs> they can't do that to me. yeah it would be so cruel wouldn't it um but there's, it there's one more isn't there there's one more to the parallel universe is there? yeah um uh, it's an what have i forgotten oh the the, the... the... The Stratatelli thing, the other way around. No, it's um, it's an odd, an odd, odd oddity. It's it's, a, miss- it's it's an old body shape, isn't it? I can't remember what they called it. Um, the uh, the press release for it, it's like a natural. Uh, oh, the Meteora. Meteora, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a, a pointy jazz mastery shape it, it looked a bit like the Ibanez Fireman to me but just like a soft version of it um, and, and for me I am completely down with that yeah that's actually separate from this range I think that was leaked before this range was yeah okay um, Andrew kind of lumped them all in together and I wouldn't be surprised no he didn't he's got a separate video for that and these okay I thought in his in his his later one, he, he lumped them all, all in together, but it doesn't well, matter. It doesn't matter. Um, that guitar, it's it's something. It's 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 it's, div- it's divided opinion, um, <laughs> which all good guitars should. Um, like I say, it looks a bit like um, like an Ibanez Fireman, which is only a good thing in my opinion. Um, I think if they do a double bound version in seafoam green with a with a seafoam pick guard, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find ways to buy that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it it doesn't really do anything for me because um, it's well that's the one with the maple board with the block inlays, isn't it? Which oh yes. just my eyes just vomit every time they see that and I'm, I know I'm in the minority everyone else says how wonderful block inlays are on a maple board but no it looks like a child has gone in and scribbled up, scribbled the thing and they've just kind of haven't been able to get rid of the mark permit market yeah. <laughs> I don't like it um, but this isn't the only thing that um, Fender have offered to us this um, this time around is it 
they have offered um, something nope. which is completely just bland in comparison. Um, some people love it. Some people have been absolutely raving about it. This is called the American Original Series or range or whatever you'd like to say. Um, so 1600 to 1900 pounds. Yeah. What we've got, we've got a, a 50s and 60s Strat. We've got a 50s and 60s Tele. We've got a 60s Jazz and Jag. Uh, we've got a 50s and 60s P-Bass. No one cares about bass. Uh, and a 60s and 70s Jazz. And again, no one cares about Jazz. Great. <laughs> or bass. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, so, I mean, there's going to be loads of people who are just like absolutely creaming their kegs over this, aren't there? Uh, ooh, new, new vintage correct um, specs, like, v or vintage feeling um, fenders with a kind of modern playability. I think they're, they're touting it as. Um, I mean, they, they're doing like a sparkly gold finish, which was perhaps the most uh, excited I got over this range. Um, it's just more yeah. more American fenders, isn't it? Um, let's let's go through some of the some of the things which um, set them aside from from other fenders. So it has got a nine point five inch radius, which would not be correct for those vintage instruments, but make them actually playable instruments. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really don't like 7.25 uh, radius. I have no, one. I've only played two guitars with that radius, and I, I didn't get on with them. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> mean, I, I, I had uh, the 7.25 because I had a... Um, I think it was... Uh, made in Mexico, fifties. Uh, it was either like a fifties classic or a fifties player or something like that. Um, and it was seven point two five uh, inch radius, really low output pickups as well, um, which meant that the guitar was really, really hard to play, um, and <laughs> meant that it was resistant to any kind of gain you'd put on it. You'd put like yeah. the heaviest distortion pedal on it at all that you'd own through like a driven amp and it'd still only be a mild crunch. So, yeah. Um, but the guitar itself, it had a, it had an odd charm to it, but I ended up having to shift it because of that 7.25 uh, radius neck. So 9.5 inch radius. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Thumbs um, up. Yeah. I mean, if I had more than two thumbs, I'd be sticking them all up. Um, <laughs> they, they, Mention a um, a breathable lacquer. I think is the um, the marketing spiel that they they're saying um, for tone. I think capital letters T O A N is yeah. is what they've put there in just lots of exclamation marks. Um, <laughs> it seems really childish. They should uh, they should write something sensible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I I imagine what that actually means is that the They've skimped on the lacquer for it on purpose, but they've they've basically done a light coat of lacquer rather than making it glossy, glossy, glossy. 
um, which means that they will wear quick and they will wear well, um, which I suppose isn't bad uh, if you like that sort of thing. Right. Um, and they have got vintage correct pickups, so fibre bobbins, uh, vintage cloth wire, all that, all that jazz. Um, so, I mean, what are your opinions, Matt? Um, to be honest with you, an American offender. It's I don't. There's not enough. I know they've said oh, there's all this. You know, the, the the lacquer is different, and they've used slightly different materials to make the pickups, but they don't stand out from anything else that they've got with the exception of the fact that you know they've got they've got their cover over the telecaster bridge and the cover over the stratocaster bridge on the 50s oh the little ashtray bridges yeah, yeah with the, the covers the yeah. Cover. other than that they they don't stand out yes the sparkly gold is a nice finish but i think it's only available on one of the one of the stratocasters yeah from what i've seen um and again, it's in that price bracket of what is it? They sixteen fifty to nineteen hundred or something like that. Yeah. Well, it was. I think it was less than sixteen fifty, but it was like it, it was fifteen fifty. It it was it was very close to sixteen hundred and very close to nineteen hundred. So. Uh, yeah. Oh, the um the the strats have got a soft V neck on them, which is a, a, a neck profile which isn't so common these days. Um. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever tried anything with a soft V. <laughs> so I, I can't comment on it. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Mate, I didn't even realise what I was saying then. Mate. <laughs> I'm going to have to take you out on the town in now. <laughs> you are, you are. Oh dear. Um, so, all childishness aside. <laughs> um uh, who am I kidding? Childish, childish is still here, um, <laughs> but yeah, I I've, I tried a, a V neck. Um, I had a uh, Korean light ash Stratocaster for about a minute, um, <laughs> and it it was a nice neck. I don't get me wrong, I liked it. The um, the Ed O'Brien Strat. Or is it Ed O'Brien? Who, yeah. who knows? Um, his is a soft V as well. Um, it, I thought his was like a, a telecaster, no caster neck. But I, th- I thought it was a, a soft V. Um, no, they, it, from what they were saying, it was like basically like a baseball bat, but with a, a Stratocaster headstock instead of a telecaster headstock. So, yeah, maybe I'm just bullshitting. Um, I think... Some, I some, I might be bullshitting as well, so you know, one of us is definitely possibly there you right. Go. This is uh, we are playing a game of Schrodinger's bullshit here. <laughs> we are both incorrect and correct all at the same time until we check these facts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, something recently had a, a soft V, um, soft V neck. Don't the, cla- the let me just Google soft V and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put that into Google image search here. Yeah. Um, I think it's the Edo Brain, but if it's not, I know Clapton Clapton Strats have got a V neck. Um, might not be soft though. I think Clapton likes a hard V, doesn't he? <laughs> doesn't 
doesn't he like a V that's attached to some other guy's woman? He does. He's a he's a scandalous <laughs> man, uh, Clapton. But lovely tone. Just all in the fingers, isn't it? It's all in the fingers. Alright. Um, so yeah, I, I completely while you're searching for this fact to find out who of us was was right and who really cares. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I am exactly exactly the same as you on this. I'm so lukewarm on it that I I'm finding it difficult to stay awake while mentioning this. To be honest, it's just another set of um, Fender guitars, isn't it? There's nothing really standing out. I think the uh, the parallel universe stuff was much more exciting. Um, yeah. Will the American originals sell? Yes, they'll probably sell. They'll probably be the next Bar Hartellis, won't they? Uh, and just prove us absolute idiots. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, I don't think I care. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't care. Um, the Ed O'Brien isn't a soft V, but it is a V-neck. There we go. See? <laughs> um, we were both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Fret Talk podcast bringing you something of fact, not always checked. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, just American original, whatever they call it. Yeah. I know. Meh. Yeah, it's just uh, very cool original, isn't it? Um, right. So our final final bit of newsy news news. Um, from Nam 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 is the Boscatana artist 100. So there are a couple of changes from the the standard Boscatana 100. Katana Katana Katana. I mean, depends on whether you're going to cut somebody's head off with it or not, doesn't it? Um, uh, I think I'm more likely to with this artist 100. So, what are the changes? A couple of the complaints from the uh, the users of the Cantana were the, the the controls were too hard to find. They looked on the front of the amplifier and didn't see any controls. And <laughs> most of them just gave up at that point. Uh, so, they've moved the controls to the front, so it's now got a front uh, frontward-facing set of controls. Um, like a control panel on the front, if you will, which appeases many, many Katana users. Morons. <laughs> Morons. I'm sorry, but if you were using an amp, generally yeah, you're going, standing uh, up. So yeah. the front face of the amp is harder to see than the top of the amp. That's why controls live on the top of the amp. Yeah, no, to be honest, uh, my, my Blackstar HT5 is on the top. Um, I can't say I've ever had any problems with it being on the top uh, but some people complained and it's now on the front so um, yeah so that's a thing um, kudos to you boss um, <laughs> but it looks more like an amp now I, I assume it kind of fits in with the aesthetic of being an amp um, so there's that um, also they have got two new knobs two new knobs um, there is a cab resonance knob and a line-out voice knob. Yawn. 
<laughs> you like Mick from a couple of weeks ago. He was literally, <laughs> literally like snoring on the cast. <laughs> um, so you you are putting your opinion straight up there, Matt. You are saying that this is not something that you necessarily care about. Um, I'll, I will caveat this with I didn't care about the Katana when it first got released, <laughs> and I was very, very wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. But it seems to me what they've done is, right, we've had about 18 months of sales out of the Katana 100. Yeah, yeah. And people are starting to, the, those that care about it have bought it. Yeah, it's stopped. What the, can we do it's that's going to get a little lukewarm, yeah. Fact? Let's move the control panel. yeah. To a less convenient location, <laughs> and and let's add a couple of extra knobs that nobody really cares about that aren't on any other amps that uh, nobody is going to use. But because it's got two extra knobs, it's different. And this is your Boss Katana two, and this is what's going to prompt a whole load of secondhand sales for the Katana from people who didn't buy it because they just didn't see the point but they can't not buy it because it's like you know you're getting a second hand katana 100 for the same price as the katana 50 was because people are now buying the katana 100 version 2 that's it uh, i think it's marketing spiel and it's a marketing ploy and i think it'll probably work and i don't like it i absolutely love these little matt rants i'm i don't think we've had one in a couple of weeks and i love them <laughs> i love them <laughs> This is it's like the um, the Gibson traditional screw gate again, isn't it? It's brilliant. I stand by that screw was the wrong colour. <laughs> um, I, I imagine they could put the knobs on for uh, cab resonance and line line voice out, and actually have them attached to nothing, um, and people would still lose their shit over it. Um, but knowing Boss, they have not done that. They're not absolute shysters like I would be <laughs> um, that it will do something I imagine it's going from like a 112 voicing to like a like a 412 voicing uh, with your cab resonance I don't know I've not I don't think there has been any any um, any point as to what it is uh, I think don't quote me on this but I think it's a it's um, a control taken from the the Wazacraft amps Um so many people cared so little about those amps that, um, yep. I, I, so what you're saying is they've, they've developed some technology, stuck it on an amp that nobody bought and thought, ooh, we've developed this, we might as well get some money out of it. Yeah, might as well get the use out of it, yeah. I imagine that's what's happened. Um, the line voice that. out. I, 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 I can see the point of a, a, a line out voice because if you're um, direct recording from it, um direct recording from anything can be really kind of bright sounding um so having a a tweakable eq on on the line out voice is beautiful i think that's that's really really useful um yes i think i am along the same lines as you i mean when i first saw it i found it difficult to see what it was about i think the um the the boss katana's had you said 18 months but the first kind of six months it was it was going largely unnoticed 
and then it yeah. then kind of picked up. So I'd, I'd argue it's had a good 12 months. And I'm, I'm yeah. saying a good 12 months, considering what it is. Um, and the the heat is dying down on it, and Boss want to keep that fire going. So, new. Um, our good friend Guitar Geek has, has hinted that there might be um, the wireless technology involved in it. Um, but that's not been confirmed or denied yet. So. I think if there is a wireless technology in it, it'll add 150 quid to the price point. And I think at that point, people are going to go, is it really the amp for me? I think yeah. they'd be shooting themselves in the foot by doing that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice idea, but if I want a wireless guitar system, I'll buy a wireless guitar system. And I, I have done. But yeah. I yeah. bought that for live use. If I'm like... I, I know we're not talking about the Katana Air, but the Katana Air just seems the most pointless product in the world. What's going to happen is the batteries are going to run run out in the amp. The batteries are going to run out in your little um, wireless thing. Yeah, the transceiver thing. Three months down the line, you're going to pick it up. You're going to go, oh, it's not charged. And then you're going to put it back down, plug it into your normal practice amp and not use it again for another six months and then never, ever use it again. Um, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think we've mentioned the Katana Air on this one, Um, but... We've mentioned one boss product this week, so forget them. They can pay <laughs> us if they want us to mention mention any more. Um, but yeah, um, we'll have to look to see what what the, they're kind of touting the use for this um, this artist is. I think they might be looking to uh, to kind of rival the Blues Cube for solid state, but like supremely giggable. Um, I know from personal experience that the Blues Cube is an absolutely fantastic um, just little practice and gigging tool. Um, they sound phenomenal. Uh, the Boss Katana would have a hard job to um, to beat that. They're different price brackets though, aren't they? Aren't the Blues Cubes like 700 quid? Uh, yes, around that. But I, I don't know what the Katana artist will be, to be honest. No, they they haven't said that yet, have they? No. So if if that comes out around the six seven hundred mark, it's direct competition, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but who knows? We'll like Nam's next week, so we'll we'll do a little bit of uh, a recap on this when we find out more information and when we find out we're completely wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's um, generally our our Nam coverage, our pre Nam coverage. So that's where we can we're I make a prediction. Go on. Um, I predict there's going to be two new slash models from Gibson by the end of now. <laughs> oh, because uh, we we haven't mentioned Gibson at all this week. Gibson decided not to go to Nam, did they? Um, they decided to go to is it CES? Yeah, so it's a Cuma, sorry, Consumer Electronics Symposium or something like that. Oh, that sounds flouncy, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's basically somewhere that you take your pro audio stuff. Okay, um, and they shared a video of uh, oh, what's his name, Jared Lines, is it? Some something like that. The guy who takes some bloke. Yeah, he t- he took over from Philex on the Fretted Americana videos. Um, he can play. Um, he's just he's a guy who who plays guitar. Um, but yeah. 
him and another guy were kind of walking around CES playing uh, playing guitar and it wasn't the place to be doing it, was it? No. Um, it, it, I kind of get why they've decided not to go to NAMM because it probably costs them 15, 20 million pounds a year because oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. get yourself a, a booth there. Yeah. But I think going to an electronics symposium or whatever it stands for is possibly not the greatest idea when you're trying to sell some new guitars. Yeah. I mean, I, I get like Gibson own a load of brands yeah. that are electronics, consumer, like consumer electronics brands. Yeah, like KRK and stuff, don't they? And that's like... fine. Try and shill that stuff there, but don't say, oh, look, we've got some brand new guitars and then take it round people who are clearly not interested in the guitars and that's why they've gone to this rather than them. Yeah, I think Josh is going to string us up for mentioning this. Um, I mean, it may well do, but there's that video, like you say, and he's he's walking around and people just walk past him like he's not even there. And yeah. it's like you can see it side of some of the things, people are looking at him like he's a moron. Yeah. And it, it, it just, it, it's not the kind of place for that no, for to be doing. Yeah, it's it's consumer electronics. It's pro audio, isn't it? It's not um, not instruments. Um, they are not a not a high priority. Um, fingers crossed that Gibson do get something from it, though, um, because you know they're they're a company. They uh, they do guitars. I, I want I, what I really want to say actually is um, Gibson fighting back at Fender um, about the the Tele Les Paul. And I want to see an SG with a, a couple of telly pickups in it. <laughs> Isn't that what the Epiphone SL was? It's basically a telly cap. <laughs> Not really. I want like a proper telly, like a telly bridge, a proper covered <laughs> telly neck pickup. Astray bridge. Yeah. And perhaps like Pelham, not Pelham Blue, like Sonic Blue or like Daphne, Daphne Blue or something. And like a white pickguard. <laughs> Maple neck as well. All the way up. <laughs> I just want them to just like interested to have their go to have their go back and just have a bit of fun with it. Um we've got some questions. We've got some questions. Uh, we've got three questions and we're almost up at an hour. You know what we'll do. Them. Go on. We'll, Sounds we'll, good to me. We'll power through. Um our good friend Ollie. Our good friend Ollie Miles. He's been on this podcast before. Go check him out. He's uh He's almost as uh, as like West Midlands as Black Country as me, <laughs> almost. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's coming to a little bit of money. I, th- I imagine his student loans come, and he decides <laughs> that you know what eating eating is for the week. So he's got like I think he says he had about eight hundred pounds to spend, and he's he's got it in his mind that. A really sophisticated grown-up instrument is a Stratocaster, um, and he wanted to know for around eight hundred pounds, what Strat would you buy and why? Matt's doing some googling. Strat. I can't remember the name of the fellow that I pointed him towards. The, what's the guy from Iron Maiden? Dave Murray. Dave Murray. Well, you, you've got like five five guitarists in Iron Maiden because they just keep collecting okay, members. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> but um, Dave Murray's got a signature, and I think it's like eight hundred and sixty, so it's a little bit over budget. Yeah, but all three of the pickups in it are humbuckers sized, yeah, hum- uh, sorry, single, yeah, single. coil sized humbuckers. Oh, that'd be rubbish. So you don't have any of those horrible. Yeah, if it was humbucker sized single, you don't have any of those horrible glassy track after tones. <laughs> oh, you're an absolute heathen, Matt. Absolute heathen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm only oh, saying it to annoy you. Yeah, you're you're after a strat. <laughs> you do you want like the least stratty strat? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Get rid of all of that beautiful strattiness. No, I we don't want that. Say the Ed O'Brien, that least stratty strat. I didn't <laughs> say Ed O'Brien. Uh, I mean that's only nine something, isn't it? It's like just under a grand, so it could go for that. It's a synthesizer. It's a synthesizer, though. <laughs> it is, but it looks like a strat. And it's got a V-neck, yeah. not a soft V, but a V. <laughs> um, I mean, for the, the the sustainer alone, it would be worth the shits and gigs, wouldn't it? Yeah, you could rip that out, sell it, and then you're under the 800 quid. Well, hey. <laughs> Get a tone rider uh, set for it. <laughs> How brilliant would that be? Buying, a, buying an Edo Brown uh, and then just ripping them out and putting some really cheap pickups in. <laughs> Um, so there you go, um, there you go, Ollie. That's our pick for the week. Buy an Ed O'Brien uh, strat and just completely bastardise it, um, or a, a Dave Murray strat, which sounds very little like a strat. So, yeah, you talking about Iron Maiden of fame for their strat tones? Yeah, for their glassy, beautiful strat tones. Even more famous than you know Hendrix or or Clapton or. Any of these guys, don't forget them. Iron Maiden, that's where the strat tones at. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> have you got any opinions? Because I've picked two guitars there. You, you have. You've picked two wrong ones. <laughs> um, uh, to be honest, £800 isn't a lot for a, for a Fender strat. And I think Ollie did want a Fender. I would look towards ESP because they do... Um, they do strat style guitars and if they're anything like their tellies they're beautiful um so what you're what you're saying is that dave murray is too metal so go for an esp i mean you're just shooting yourself in the foot there aren't you <laughs> yeah i suppose yeah I've, yeah i'm hearing that you're liking the the strat hot thing but have you tried a warlock um Although, now you mentioned that, actually, the Ibanez Fireman, I think they're around uh, around 800-ish, and you can get some supremely stratty tones out of that. If you buy the right one, there's one that's like HSH, and that that won't sound like a strat, even if you try. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the one that I've got, the uh, the triple single core, that, that one's pretty stratty. Um, what else? Um, yeah. Uh, to be honest, that's it. I, I don't think I don't think Fender is going to be your your best bet because you're going to get like high end Mexicans, or I don't know. I, I don't I even know. I don't even know what um, Fender selling the Stratocaster range these days. I um, I'm a little bit divorced from that whole uh, thing. I'm going to go a little bit controversial, and if you actually want it to sound like a Fender Stratocaster. Yeah, buy a buy a classic vibe and stick some expensive pickups in it. You don't even need to the um, 
Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say that they're tone riders in it because I think but that's yeah, it's a it's a it's a closely guarded, well-known secret. Um, <laughs> but they sound absolutely bloody fantastic. Um, the only thing that you'd get sounding better than them, um, you'd probably be looking bare knuckle money, and then you're sticking an extra two hundred quid on top of a, a like a four four to five hundred quid's classic vibe. So, and that still doesn't get you to eight hundred quid. It doesn't. So yeah, drink the rest. You're a student. Hey. Um, Ollie also asked a question this week. He's got a guitar student, although, again, I don't know if we're allowed to mention it for tax purposes. Um, he's doing it. It's it's for a friend. He's doing it for free. Yeah, watch out, yeah. tax man. Uh, yeah. He, look, young, young, uh, youngish student has played before. Um, he's thinking of, like, really cool guitarists to get that student really hooked in. Um, so I, I mean, I, I came straight at the bat with, um, crazy train, the intro riff, uh, that's a classic. It is a classic, but it's not exactly the easiest guitar riff in the world to start with, is it? Oh, it's, it's, it's all right. Um, it's not the hardest, but it's not exactly pretty smoke on the water, is it? No, but this isn't, it's not an exact, uh, beginner. It's someone who's been, who's played a little bit. And might right. know, know a little bit around the fretboard. Um, but anything that's super complex, maybe maybe no. Um, I mean, like, my very first guitar lesson, I learned the Smoke on the Water riff. I learned the Satisfaction by the Stones, you know, the classic. Yeah, yeah. Thing everybody start with. Um, very early on, I did... Um, Run DMC and Aerosmith walk this way. Oh, what a tune! Yeah, um, the, the intro riff to that is brilliant. Yeah. Um, what else did I do early on? Um, I tried and failed at a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went quite compl- complicated quite quickly. What's the? There's an Eagles one um, that's far too complicated for a beginner that I tried. In uh, like my Life in the fast lane. Are you talking? Yeah, that's a wicked tune. That is. It is, but it's not for a beginner. <laughs> oh no, definitely not. No. Um, no. So yeah, there, there's some like solid choices. I think um, when I kind of first started teaching guitar, um, I would always teach um, whiskey in the jar riff. Yeah. Like the proper one, not the Metallica one, because no one wants that. It's the same riff. No, 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 in no, the no. Same tuning. It's it's not the same riff, nor is it in the same tuning. It is the we'll same riff. We'll have this argument. It is in the same. We'll tuning. have this argument afterwards. Um, uh, yeah, Eric Bell did it with like much more flair and subtlety, um, and uh, I believe he actually uses a different finger position than um, than those guys. Um, but yeah, that that riff. Um, like I say, um, Crazy Train. Um, what other cool riffs are there? Um, what I'd try and do as well, if you can, uh, do like a, a little harmony lick. Because if you can get a guitar student to hear what guitars harmonising sounds like, you'll have them for life. Because it's, 
I mean, there are very few sounds in this world that sound better than two guitars harmonising. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. Something like the other, the really famous Lizzie One Boys are back in town. Yeah, that's quite tricky actually with a with a picking. Uh, there there are easier ones, uh, but I'd probably even go more simple than that. I'd go for just like some really nice, easy, just harmony. Might even just like make something up on the spot and just do like a little kind of harmony lick, because um, guitar harmony just is the best thing. Guitar harmony, if you will. Yeah. Um, so yeah. There's there's some ideas there and there's some kind of some rambling for you, Ollie. Although by this point, by the time he hears this, he will have already had his first lesson, so it's kind of it's useless to him. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, whoops, sorry, sorry, Ollie. Um, and finally, I don't even know where I, I caught this question, but it it was an absolute blinder of a question. Uh, so I thought we'd bring it up, and it kind of ties in with what we said at the start of the podcast. Um, any gear regrets? So something that you bought that was shit, and that's the exact wording that I've got down on my uh, my little show notes <laughs> because I am one for subtlety. Um, so anything that you bought that was shit or uh, anything that you um, bought that you shouldn't have sold? So go on, Matt. What are you saying? Uh, um, okay, the, the thing that I bought that was shit that I never should have bought... Um, the Boss OS2, I think it is. It's the Overdrive slash Distortion. I love that pedal. I think that pedal is gorgeous. The OS2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I really like it. Do you want one? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, Do I you saw- want one? I don't, it's fucking awful. <laughs> Compressed, digital, shitty, fucking worst Overdrive sound you've ever heard in the world. And the Distortion isn't much better. Yeah, it, I, yeah, it does. It sounds overly, uh, overly compressed, but it has its applications. Oh, I like it. I don't. Uh, okay. No, it's. It, it, I paid thirty quid for it, and I regret paying thirty quid for yeah, it. Yeah, you paid twenty nine pounds too much. It's, I think I probably paid thirty five pound too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I you know it's it like. It's a boss drive pedal, and I've I've come to learn over the years that <laughs> yeah. I don't like boss drive pedals. Boss can do a good phase ish. They can do oh no, they're fantastic fat. loop pedals. They've got a good tuner. I've got an OS and what's the octave OC two on my board? What, what, um, one of the OC twos. Yeah, I've got a Japanese OC two. Damn. Yeah, um, fantastic octave pedal. I don't mind boss pedals for the most part, but I've never heard a drive or distortion pedal from boss that I like. The DS1 is okay, used on its own, not in a chain with anything else. <laughs> and if you don't want to be heard in a live mix, if you're just playing in your bedroom. Yeah. Um, I, I find it so difficult to, to dial in uh, a DS1. I'd I'd find like a setting that sounded like you say okay one day, and I I wouldn't change anything. Come back to it the next day, and it'd sound terrible. Um, so yeah, I found it was really inconsistent, um, and just the the gain once you took it past a certain point, it was just noise. Just yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. The SD one, however, is is a fantastic pedal. 
I've not had an SD1. I've not tried an SD1. That's one of the few I haven't tried. Everyone raves over the Blues driver. Don't, not a fan. Yeah, no, I DF1, agree. It's all right. The Metal Zone is a Metal Zone. <laughs> <laughs> the Heavy Metal 2 or whatever it was called yeah. was a bad Metal Zone. <laughs> yeah, the uh, it's the Swedish Death Metal Driver. Yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, that was probably my biggest buying regret which is not bad considering like i say it cost me 30 quid yeah um, there were worse everything that i've spent decent money on i am um, i've not had issues with which is one of the few good things about every piece of gear that i bought i've moved some stuff on but i've never regretted buying it yeah um, um what was the other question the other question yeah, was stuff like, that you wish you'd never sold yeah yamaha pacifica 112v Fair play. Never should have sold it. Yeah. Um, it was my second guitar. Yeah, you, you kind of uh, feel was, like you have to, don't you? Because you think, oh, I've grown up a bit now. Well, I basically, I sold it to fund a PRS SE Soap Bar 2. Oh, man. Which, I enjoyed the guitar. The pickups were PRS pickups. Yeah, they're pap, uh, aren't they? They're absolute pap. They are, but, I mean, the guitar itself was a really nice playing guitar, but... yeah. I, I I actually sold the the Pacifica for more than I paid for it. Oh, so I, fair play. I got it when it was the following year's Pacifica was just about to be released. Yeah. So it was the previous year's one, and it was on a knockdown. And I think I got it for like 135 quid. Not bad, not brand bad. new. Yeah, um, and I think I sold it for 150. Um, but I I should have never sold it. It was a a natural finish one. Yeah. Um, with white scratch plate and it just it, I think it looks like it's one of the few guitars that a white scratch plate suited yeah yeah um, rosewood board really nice guitar the trem system actually worked which for a cheap guitar is unheard yeah, of yeah just what yeah <laughs> um, but yeah everything about it was fine and I sold it because I wanted the the soap bar and kind of regret it yeah especially because you got the soap bar with it as well I mean yeah, I mean, I don't own the soap bar anymore either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, 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 not, they're nothing to regret because I had one as well. I had a soap bar. I think mine was the soap bar too as well. Really fat necks, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and it, it was fine. I, I loved the fat neck. Um, I actually didn't mind the neck pickup as well. It was just the the middle position and the bridge. It just it was just, uh, just really... Uh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the th- the thing that I bought that um, that was that was shit, um, and it's not just the way that the guitar played or or um, or whatnot. It was it was a number of different reasons for this. Uh, it was the Chapman ML one, and it was one of the one of the first run ML ones, um, which has put me off the brand for life. Um, it was I think I bought it for 200 quid because it was just towards the end of the the first lot cycle I think they they started off like 250 300 or something like that Um, and then they towards the end where they were getting to the last couple uh, they knocked the price down so I I bought one then Um, the the electronics were cheap Chinese shod um I expected that because, like, it was that was the point of it. It was the mod platform. Um, I got like a really heavy-bodied one as well, 
which I thought was pretty cool. But it ended up meaning that the guitar just had just a natural deadness to it. Um, it also, um, I, I think it, it was supposed to have a, some kind of fancy nut on it. Um, but it felt like just like cheap plastic. It felt it, it didn't feel like the standard resin ones because it weren't as soft as that. It was a harder material, but it just felt like a cheap plastic nut. The tuners were supposed to be Grovers, and they were just not good. I mean, it was it, it was just, it just felt like a cheap Chinese guitar, and I felt like I'd been sold something which weren't that by the uh, chap man himself because he was he was bigging up the the guitars at the time. Um, and I I completely gave it an overhaul. I'd put some Damasio pickups in it, completely overhauled the electronics to try and make it sound good. Uh, the Damasio pickups did some way to making it sound good, but it, it was still it just had like a natural deadness to it. Um, and being a Chapman, I struggled to flog it. Yeah, I'm um, surprised. It, I, I can't remember how much I got for it, but it wasn't a great deal. Uh, and the amount of mods that I'd put into it and the effort I'd tried. Um, and I was trying to sell it in all the right places as well. I, I was part of the uh, the Chapman forums at the time and I was trying to sell it on there because like, people who loved the Chapman brand and loved that whole kind of the, the first kind of year of his phenomenon. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to sell it in there um, I got some interest from one of the Chapman uh, endorsed artists, um, but then they, even they just said nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah, it was just it was it was a pain in the ass the entire the entire owning and playing process. Um, it it weren't it weren't the worst guitar I've ever played, but it it weren't exciting either. So yeah, that was that was something that was it. It was just something that I regretted uh, for every moment that I had it, uh, and something that um, that got away, or um, that I shouldn't have sold um, around the same time as that I sold the uh, the, the Chapman ML one. Actually, um, I was thinning out my guitar guitar lot because I, I ran into a bit of money and thought oh well I'll start upgrading all of my stuff <laughs> um, I mean it was nice I ended up getting a Les Paul and um, I've got shit loads of tellies now so um, yeah. <laughs> so I mean that's that's nice it's always nice to be in that, that position but I owned a Dan Electro DC 59 the, the double cut the Jimmy Page yeah. um, in this weird kind of uh, blue. It was, it was not. It, it was not a not a dark blue. Quite a rich blue. Um, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I I bought one for me and one for my mate. I ordered them both in black, but I got a blue one, and I just went, yeah, I'll I'll keep it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It distinguished the two from each other, um, and it was a lovely guitar. It it wasn't a lovely guitar in the sense that it was a Dan Electro and they are almost exclusively just sheds. Um, but sheds in the Dan Electro kind of way. Yeah. 
they they had it, it just had a character to it and you can you can hear in in the way that I'm talking about it I have a an absolute <laughs> just a love for this guitar um I would happily pay double what I sold sold it for um right now um if if I could find that that weird blue Dan Electro uh, so if any of you do like scour the internet for it, um, it had a, a crack in the uh, the 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 body by the jack input because I dropped it on the jack input and the um, the guitar is basically it's like a laminate. It, you've got one um, fiberboard <laughs> piece. Um, Fiberboard, yeah. It's, it's, I think they call it Masonite, and it's essentially like MDF. So you've got like an, M, an MDF top, uh, a solid wood core, and then an MDF back. Um, like I say, it's a shed, but it sounds like a Dan Electro, and nothing else will sound like it. They sound amazing. Um, it plays pretty nice. You can't play anything past the 17th fret because the guitar won't let you. The, the double cut on it, <laughs> it doesn't let you. Um, not and, a big enough cut no and the uh, it had an aluminium nut as well uh, and when you bend on it the the nut would creak right uh, because obviously it's it's aluminium rubbing against like nickel or or steel um, so it would just you get this horrible kind of metallic creak um, but even though it had all of these weird quirks and w- just weird things about it, I still want it. So yeah, if if you want to reunite me with it, that's uh, that'd be lovely. <laughs> uh, I, I don't it even exists anymore. I don't know. I think the the things are designed to fall apart after a certain amount of time. Yeah. That, that being said, though, my friend's still got his black one, and it still sounds good. Um. So yeah, that's the the guitar that got away from me, and you can hear that I'm being I'm almost choking up talking about it. <laughs> um, it's it it was a regret. Um, anyway, so that's where we'll end it today because we're <laughs> uh, an hour and twenty two minutes in. <laughs> Fine, it's basically an hour. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, two hours. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's we're not quite at the hour and a half points yet, so it can't round up to two hours. Um, so yeah I have been your budget pedal chap host for this week and if you want to find me you go facebook.com slash budget pedal chap instagram.com slash budget pedal chap or you go on youtube and type in budget pedal chap Um, I will be youtube.com slash budget pedal chap at some point but not yet Um, yeah you get weekly videos Fridays you get um, you get a, a new video for the next uh, for the foreseeable future the next one I don't know it might even be it might even be a certain pedal that I love it might be it might be <laughs> so watch out for this one I can't remember I, like I say I recorded them a, a while ago um, if we want to find you Matt we go facebook.com slash switch yeah or yeah. in the Fret Talk podcast group on Facebook in the Fret Talk podcast group you started us off with our gear jog this week didn't you you did. did. Uh, we're going to have a, a big push on that because I want to see people's gear. Um, I want to see you all. I want to see a video or just even a picture of just your gear uh, and some descriptions of what it is you use and 
why you use it and why you love it. Get as uh, get as emotional as I am about this Dan Electra because <laughs> uh, I want to hear it. Um, I will do mine eventually when I'll get some time as well. Um, so yeah, uh, get involved in the the Facebook group. So it's Facebook uh, Facebook groups, and you go Fret Talk podcast, um, and you can you can get your topics involved. You can send us in topics. You can ask questions um, and just interact with us. So that's the place to see us. Um, you get to see loads of us in there as well because we all we all hang out there. Is there anything else that I forgot to mention, Matt? I feel like I'm forgetting something. You've done Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, my Facebook, the Facebook podcast. I can't think of anything else. Um, if you do want to... iTunes five-star reviews? Yeah, if you want to give us five-star reviews. But, I mean, just for the sheer professionalism <laughs> that we exude. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, obviously, subscriptions on... Uh, iTunes, Acast, Stitcher. You you know that though because you're here. You're here. You've already subscribed, I assume. Uh, and if this is your first podcast, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is pretty much what we are. Um, so on that on that note, from me, your host, the budget pebble chap, from the man from man, Mister Matt Quine. It's gonna be a good night, good day, good morning, good evening. Whatever time of day you're at, goodbye. Good time of day. Good time of day. Oh, <laughs> <Pauvita's> in, pet. <laughs>